Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, now on the C-Suite Network. Excited about today's interview. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk to John Hall, is the CEO, who is the CEO and co-founder of Influence & Company. So we're going to talk about influence. How much influence do you have with your customers and even the people you work with? Now, I'm not talking about influence as in I've got leverage, I've got uh, something over you, I can influence you to do anything I want. No, I'm talking about the kind of influence that is all about trust. You trust me so much that what I'm all about influences you to choose me over my competitors. It's all about trust. There's that old saying, people want to be around people and know people. I know I'm going to bring this up again. I'll probably bring it up two or three times today because as I think about John, I think about this is so much about what it's about. People want to be around people, do business with people that they know, like, and trust. The knowing and liking is easy. I can put on a big smile. I can have some nice uh, promotional materials but it's the trust part. And how does this all apply to customer service? Well, I think that when your customers trust you, you get more business, and that's part of the customer experience. When customers know what they're going to get when they have confidence in you because they know that you're the expert, that you are knowledgeable, they will come back to you. That leads to more customer loyalty. When they trust you because uh, not only you're knowledgeable, but you are the resource for them for anything related to your industry. I talk about uh, knowledge and business, and this is a key component. Not just knowing about your business, but knowing about anything related to your business. What are your competitors doing? What's going on in your industry? And when you start to be able to share that information, and there's many different ways to share it, everything from writing articles to doing interviews on radio, TV, or any other media, to simply talking one-on-one and demonstrating your trust and, or demonstrating your confidence and your your knowledge, I think you start to build trust and you start to build influence. And that's what this segment and this show is going to be all about today, about influence. So when we come back after a break, we're going to be talking with John Hall, the CEO and co-founder of Influence and Company. Don't go away. We'll be right back. If customer service is the new marketing and content marketing is one of the hottest marketing trends, then it makes sense that your customer service and experience strategy would include a content marketing strategy. Delivering relevant content, not blatant promotional content, is part of the value that you can bring to your customers. You can become an influential voice in your industry, which creates more leads, loyalty, and brand recognition. And that's where PowerPost comes in. This solution will help you be more organized and efficient in the way you publish and post content to social channels, websites, blogs, email, and more. And the team at PowerPost can provide consultation and services to help your brand evolve into a modern-day marketer. Turn your company into a publishing machine that adds value to your customer's experience. Learn more at www.powerpost.com. Digital. That's www.powerpost.digital. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I promised you another amazing interview, and this time I'm not going to let you down. John Hall is the CEO and co-founder of a company called Influence & Company, and they're basically a company that uh, – 
we talked about this just a few minutes ago in my opening comments, but content marketing uh, is huge right now. I think it's an important uh, thing to deliver to your customers. It's a disservice not to do so, and that's exactly what his company is. It's a content marketing agency that basically it helps brands and individuals uh, leverage their expertise to create and publish and distribute content to gain influence, hence his company's called influencing company uh it gives you visibility it gives you credibility and that is key to your audiences to people listening to this so john welcome to amazing business radio thank you for having me it's a a pleasure so we've got so much to talk about and i know that when uh, you and i have never met personally but we've had a few phone calls and yet i know you come to st louis and you never visit me you never write. No, no. The next time we're going to have breakfast or lunch, and I'm buying, uh, and it'll be a really good lunch, too. I'm not going to take you out like to the – nothing wrong no, with a good fast food quick serve restaurant, but we're going to go real. Uh, we're don't even sit- play, that, play that game. You're, the, you're like the Dosa Keith guy. Uh, when, I think the last two times I've tried to meet up, you're speaking somewhere cool or something like that. And so, yeah, we're going to make this happen this year. It's on my bucket list. All right, good, good. Well, boy, I think you could put a lot more things in your bucket list than, than lunch with me. But the fact that I'm even close to the bucket is pretty good. <laughs> so, John, you have been called one of the most powerful people in media who you've never met. That was by Inc. Magazine, and uh, I love it. I mean, I'd love if somebody in Forbes said a must-see keynote speaker, but that's how they refer to you. So, I mean, you are in media. That's what you do. Give us a little background in your company before we get into how this all applies to customer service and experience. Sure, yeah, and I, and I think that statement, like, that, it meant a lot to me, and that's come from a couple different uh, sources. It was in a, a book initially, and I think somebody wrote about it in an article on Inc., and and the way the way that I I think that I was fairly different in media that the, a lot of the people in media have been very focused on it's kind of like the the Mad Men era and like uh, they look at it very differently as you've gotta you've gotta know someone and do a favor for them and like it's it's kind of some people even look at it as you know even shady or untrustworthy and I and I think from the start. Um, I've come at it, maybe it's, I don't know if it's the Midwest values or just uh, how we think di- differently is that we, we came at it a little different. We looked at it and we said, hey, we, we want to help other entrepreneurs and other leaders or, or businesses. That's how it started out. We started servicing um, kind of the small business area. And the idea was how can we gain trust with a specific audience? And we looked at all these different ways of how you build trust. One of the biggest barriers that I had was I was a young entrepreneur. I was 24, 25 at this time, and I'd walk into a room, and there'd be this big trust barrier of who is this young kid trying to do business um, in the industry that I was in. And so I, I became obsessed, and the other co-founders and Brent and Kelsey, and we, we got obsessed with this idea on how can you build trust within this audience um, it, when you have all these trust barriers that exist, because there's tons of trust barriers other than age. There's just unfamiliarity or and just in realities um people don't trust things until they know more or or, and are educated about a specific topic right and by the way uh young i was young i started at 23 in my business and i had one advantage that i don't think is your issue i was uh as they say follically impaired (laughs) meaning i was losing my hair which made me look older so <laughs> that helped. And by the way, now that I have lost all my hair, I actually shave my head just because it looks nice and it's kind of in vogue. You don't see any gray hair. So you don't really <laughs> – now Now I'm older and look younger. <laughs> you, you look – yeah, I guess it's a wise look. I wish I knew – I should A wise look. I, I don't look good with a shaved head. You look a lot better than I do. So we. I would have struggled. They would have – 
they would have been like, okay, cool, he looked wise, but now he just looked weird. All right, um, but now <laughs> back to your point. There's an old saying in business, and we know what it is. People want to be around people, do business with people they know, like, and trust. Yeah. Trust, exactly, and that's what you're talking about, the trust. And you figured out a way to, uh, I guess for lack of a, letter, uh, a better term, uh, eliminate or negate the concern over age, experience, by creating a company that ha- creates influence and trust in another way. Yeah, and that's pretty much what it comes down to. And I love starting with that base because it, it's so important. But, yeah, we, we decided to invest in a company that has the resources with content creators, uh, content distributors, uh, a, a company with resources that we can harness expertise and extract content from companies that is so important to their audience and then educate that specific audience. And so then distribute it in places like major media, blogs, niche publications, um, create on-site content, sales enablement. And so we've created, and now at this point, we're the largest creator and distributor of expert content media. And so, yeah, it put us in this this evolution of following value of building trust. And we've just evolved into this company that creates a significant amount of content for companies um, and distributes it in all the places where their audience is reading online. Right. So let's make sure we understand what content is. You're talking about content in the form of articles. Is that right? Uh, yeah, well, it, content can take the form of, of a variety of things. It can be white paper solution guides. It can be, I mean, and that's just written content. And so to define it, let's say um, I'll refer to online content as the form of, um, you know, the the written um, or online written content as the bylines, op-eds, the, if, if somebody's writing about you, then you have, um, you know, earned or on-site content which would be content that's like hosted on your, your site that's like a, your own blog or, or something like that. And so uh, content takes different forms. Uh, our company is very strong in online uh, media and, and content, but you could also, um, you know, there still is content that's print and other things. But, um, yeah, to, to define it for our purposes, it would be online written content. Right. So a book that's written about a company or, or that features a company within the book would be considered influence-type marketing. Um and you mentioned uh, something that's on-site is on your own website, and then there's the uh, independent. I, I, I didn't catch what you called, like a Forbes or an Inc. or somebody like that. Yeah, so that would be like an independent like third-party site uh, where you're getting an op-ed or byline or uh, a, a contributor or influencer is writing about you. Um, and so that would be kind of a third-party um, online content, um, which, you know, isn't something you own, but it, it's a place where there's a large group of your audience um, that is engaging in content that you could inject or, or be a part, have your content be a part of that, uh, that audience. And by the way, you may not own it, but there's no reason you can't link to it from your own website or share it with others in an email or other or tweet out the, the link to the publication. I mean, it's, it's huge amounts of credibility. And I think that's what you're talking about. I think if you look up the word influence, if if it wasn't spelled differently, it could be right next to the word uh, credibility. Yeah, it's it, influence has changed over the years because of the fact is is that um, trust plays a bigger factor than ever these days. And, and whether you're in customer service, whether you're in marketing, um, there's there's a, a one. It's a generational change because. For, I mean, the, the majority of the you know population, I believe, is under 30 or 32 or, or whatever that, that number is. And, and different generations trust um, things differently. They grew up in the age of information. I grew up on door-to-door sales. They grew up on they can shop and learn everything they can about a product online. 
And so there, there is a, a trust issue, and, and we have to work very hard at being a resource for people so that they not only want to buy from us, but they trust us when they're interacting with us as a company. Wow. So right before the interview, you and I were talking briefly about um, customer service and how this plays a big role, especially with the people that work in a company that provide the service. So if you can expand on that for our listeners, I think they'd appreciate that. Well, yeah, something I was yeah something I was telling you before, which has become, uh, it's actually been become such a, a big trend is that customer service is a huge part of how a company's content strategy is formed. And let me explain that just a little more. Is that uh, a lot of companies and CEOs, stra- uh, head of strategy, CMOs come to me and they say, "Hey, we want to hire you or somebody that's like a larger firm to help us learn how to communicate to our audience." That is so important to us, our customers. And the first thing I say to them is I say, you should be doing your customer service reps and people involved in customer service, whether it be a salesperson, whether it be a partner of some sort, uh, it could be a actual customer, customer service specialist. You should be listening to these people because they are how you do content trigger. And I, and they, they always ask, so what do you mean content trigger? What does that mean? And I say content triggers are moments where someone is listening to your, your important um, audience, which a lot of times is your customer, and they're listening to aha moments. They're listening to sales barriers. They're listening to what pisses them off, what they love, and they're gathering that information. And it's the, some of the best research that is uh, amazing to have in a content strategy. And so when I go into a company, I say, okay, you know, you guys have to start practicing the act of content triggering and getting your customer service reps, your salespeople, your, uh, the people who, who interact with your customers to listen to them and when they educate them, when the customer service rep or salesperson is educating them or addressing the sales barrier, they have to communicate that back to the company because the company then needs to create content. It's a trigger. So it's like you pull the trigger and that's what triggers the content that you create coming from the company to basically seed out, whether it be in a third party publication or on site, because it's not rocket science. Ultimately, if you listen and you're gathering information and data behind the, the things that are most engaging to your audience, and you then you create content and seed it out there, it's going to make not only your customer learn more, and, and but it will also help people become more um, engaged with you, also be more educated so that they understand the industry a little more. And it's not just coming from your salesperson or customer service mouth. It's surrounding the industry as well, and that's going to support you as, a, as not just a, a leader but an organization. Right, I think the but an easy place for anybody listening to this show to start is for anybody that's on the front line. Uh, they they need to report back um, virtually everything that the customer is saying: the good, the bad, the ugly, the con uh, the, for like objections, if you will, in sales, but any confrontations they have, anything so that we can gauge reactions, why they happen, and figure out uh, content that we can develop to negate those issues or to enhance something that's already good. If we hear something great, boy, that's an opportunity. Why are we hearing this? What is it? And by the way, is every customer hearing it? Because if they're not, what you're talking about is using this type of content to, uh, and I love the word influence. Influence to me means something far different than it meant uh, 20 years ago. But we want to influence our customers in the direction of, uh, you know, back to that old term, knowing, liking, and trusting us. Uh, and, and tell me, influence today. When I thought of influence as uh, when I was young, it was more like um, 
how much uh, leverage do I have on someone? Uh, it's not that way anymore. Nope. Uh, influence is, is, and you use the, the trust word. I think that's a great way. It's uh, how much trust have I gained with somebody? They trust me. Therefore, what I say might influence the way they think. Uh, yep. So, and, and as we start to wrap up the first segment, I'm going to let you take us out with any thoughts that you have on that. Yeah, and so you, what you, something you just said is like influence, uh, it has changed. And, and I would add is that, you know, it's, it's how much trust you've built to affect a behavioral change. So um, when you think about in the term influence, if somebody trusts you, whether it's through they like you or they can connect you, they, they feel connected to the brand or uh, an individual, they're more willing to do something that you would like them to do. And that's why it, it's becoming so valuable for customer service reps and marketing and communications to, to work uh, together. Um, one example that I'll, I'll end on for this segment is, you know, you, you mentioned, um, you know, what are some things that, you know, a customer service person can take away from that. And you, you talked about how to, um, or you talked about how to communicate the, uh, you know, the things that are good, the things that are bad. And I was just talking to uh, somebody yesterday in San Francisco about this. Um, and I, they, they told me, they go, well, which, how should I do that? Like, uh, you know, I don't even know anybody in market. And I said, you know what? You're you, all. You, are you doing? Are you listening to these people? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, do you document it? They go, well, no, it's not in our normal process. We're just supposed to say this, this, and this. I go, well, how about you do this? How about you just listen for some of these content triggers, and then you write down, uh, a, let's say, a list of these things, and then when you make it a point to go to someone who you think, like, whether it's in, you know, your head of customer service, whether it be marketing, and say, hey just wanted you to have this list and paying attention um, to some of these calls. Here are some things that I think would help the organization as a whole to get some content around there. And I think, um, you know, not only us telling them, but it'd be good to get this out there so that they ran into this content or saw this, whether it be off-site or on-site. And when I told them that, they go, you know, we haven't even, I haven't even thought about doing that. But that's a simple thing that you don't need to ask for. Any, any company can do this. Any company can do it. And so that's why I, my first challenge in this first segment would be, to keep a notepad down and identify these content triggers. And then when you see the right moment, the right person to say, hey, here, I hope this is helpful. We, I've been listening to our customer as much as I can, and, and I hope this can help uh, in, in generating some content to support the organization. All right, perfect. All right, when we come back from our break, we're going to talk more about that. We're going to talk about how you scale and build the habits for trust. Uh, we're going to talk about something you refer to as moving from someone's short-term to long-term memory, which I think is real important. How do we get people to remember us long-term? That's key if we want to get people to come back because some of us uh, don't have a product people buy on a daily basis, but the next time they need whatever it is that we sell, we need, the, need them to be thinking about us. We're going to talk about that and much more when we come back. This is Amazing Business Radio on the C-Suite Network. Don't go away. Shep Hygen here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.sheponddemand.com. Once again, that's sheponddemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with John Hall, the CEO and co-founder of Influence & Company, learning about how you can create content 
that builds trust and credibility and influences your customers, as well as probably your employees uh, at the same time. I think uh, this applies to both sides to, uh, you know, to garner the trust that you need to be able to do business long term, because I think so much of loyalty is based on trust. And if you have great service and you mix it with confidence, which comes from trust, you've got a shot at long term loyalty with your customers as well as your employees. So I know we're talking a lot about trust and about creating habits at scale trust. Uh, before we get into the next topic, any any last minute things you want to add to our conversation? I mean, really, um, what I would do is I like I'm big on takeaways, so it's like I would challenge here, and you can I I, I'm, I wrote the book Top of Mind where um, you know you, you can check that out where there's different layers of trust, um, but honestly, like trust is not rocket science. Just think about the the different ways that you can build trust, and I challenge you this is that. Just do one thing each week consciously to say, hey, I want to do something, you know, in our business to gain trust with this audience. We could be relate to them a little more, be more likable, create a piece of content that's valuable to them. But I challenge you this is that I want you to take away is that once a week, try and do just one thing that will help you increase trust in your audience and, and feel free to uh, share it with me, you know, in a, in a couple months or two months that there's I, I hear all these great stories about you know, with these challenges that I like to give. But that's my takeaway is that just do one thing a week, um, no matter how small it is. And, and I and I hope it, uh, you know, you start seeing a difference soon. So it could be a phone call? Is that what you're it, saying? It, it can be as my, like for me, uh, like as, as, I'm sorry, you said it, it could be a phone call for what? It could be as simple as a phone call to somebody just to check in, see how you're doing, want to oh, yeah. make sure you're enjoying our product or whatever. Exactly. Just something like it can be as simple as that. It could be a note. It could be a, a giving. Let, let's say you have an experience with someone um, where this is what I call um, uh, transparent feedback, and it's a version of, of helping that can result in trust. Um, and so let's say, like, you have an experience with someone this week that's positive. Shoot them an email or shoot their supervisor an email that says, hey, just, just wanted to let you know, um, had a really great experience here um, because of this. That could be simple. It could be a phone call. It could be, um, you know, sending a gift. You talked about, you know, one of our favorite buddies is John Ruland, who yep. wrote Giftology. He's it's been on the show gift. twice, and he and I had lunch today. <laughs> He's a perfect example. Send a small gift to someone that you, that's not bribery or anything. That's that's thoughtful. Um, you know, and, and so that's what my challenge would be: is that do something small at least every week for the next two months. Let me know how it goes. You could, you could email me. I'll get my email at the end. You can email me and say, hey, this was great, or nope, didn't help me out at all, but I'd love to at least challenge people to do that in that first segment. All right, so, John, here is, here is where I think people are going, okay, wait a minute. He was talking about his company, uh, Influence and Company. They help mm-hmm. brands create expertise and establish credibility, and they build trust, and they place articles uh, in Forbes and Inc. Magazine and and numerous other places. But here you're not talking about that. You're talking about <laughs> influence uh, on a more of a personal level. And I love this. I think this is great. <laughs> yeah, it, what I've learned about it is that, um, and, this, and, one, and this is just a very transparent view of it, I want you guys to trust me too. If I'm sitting there just talking about how great my company is and how you should do this with my company, you're not going to trust me. I, I want to offer the, the content that's as most valuable, uh, valuable to you as I can. And what I've learned is that to gain um, habits, true habits that are positive, that really move the, a company, you have to embrace them over your personal and professional life. 
as a person, as a company, those are the best habits that are formed. There's science that pro- there's there's data that proves that as well. And so for me, uh, when it comes to content and scaling content, what my company does, it's important for a, a person, a, a person or a company or a leader to understand that what's most important is gaining trust in that audience and them. It's about them marketing, not you. It's not how important you are. It's about how what you can do to offer value for the audience, and that's not just content. It's across the board. And so for me, I try and um, inspire this helpfulness, this thoughtfulness about how you can do these great things for the customer, and that will feed into the content. And it makes your content so much better. It makes it more engaging. It makes you be able to have an emotional touch point. Uh, helps you become that, as we were going to talk about, go from that short-term to long-term memory. And if I just sold you, I, I wouldn't be. I don't think I'd really move the needle for you. So that's why it's important for me to kind of talk about it in this way. Right. Perfect. So you just mentioned short-term to long-term memory. When we took that short break a moment ago, I said that's a topic that I want to cover. Uh, and and you actually started to get brainiac scientific on me. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But but the goal is moving from someone's short-term to long-term memory. And my concept of that was, well, let's stay in front of them as often as possible and look at the long tail. Like, you know, I'm going to uh, stream out content over time, and eventually uh, I'm just going to be, you know, the, the joke is they say, oh, that guy's so successful. It was, he was like an overnight sensation. Well, you don't realize it took him 20 years to become an overnight sensation. (laughs) So, but what you're talking about, and we'll get into this now, is that short-term to long-term memory doesn't necessarily take a long time to develop. It can happen in a moment. It it can, but you're right. I don't want to go against, like, what you just said is a very true and accurate statement is that one of the best ways to to move from short-term to long-term memory is by that consist- those consistent touch points, um, as you just described. You're you're correct there. Um, what I like, I, I won't get too dorky here, but the process is called consolidation when you go through from short term to long term memory, and um, it, and you can look up the. It's actually, if you're curious at all, it's, it's fascinating to dive into memory um, because it is a science that's pretty you can't understand. But I'll, to sum it up, if you engage people at the, consistently um, over time, you go from the short term to long term memory. However, if you do certain things at different times um, and the right moment, you can gain trust. Fa- you can gain trust and then ultimately move from the short-term to long-term memory faster. That's why, for example, when people have an emotional, they say, you know, if you add emotion to something, like it, it, let's say you have a terrible accident, it moves immediately to your, you know, your long-term memory because of the emotion involved. Um, but every day, as a customer, there's moments of vulnerability. Uh, I'll give the example. I'm not going to use a constant example for this one, but Southwest, two times in the last year, and I'm and I'm going to be transparent. You're going to think like I'm an idiot, but I want to be real with you here. Is that I went to the wrong airport twice in the last year, twice. I went to the Kansas City airport instead of the St. Louis airport. Um, Southwest, and this just happened for my anniversary trip with my wife. So she was looking at me, staring at the back. I could feel her staring in the back of my head uh, when we showed up to the airport. But Southwest was there for me. And was like, don't worry, don't worry about costs, don't worry about this. We want to be there for you. You're on your anniversary trip with your wife. I don't want you to worry. We're going to fix this. In that moment, it was what I call a moment of vulnerability that they immediately went into my, let's say, heart, not just my mind, as a long-term, wow, this is this is just an amazing brand. I'm always going to be there for. 
and I'm going to go to. And so that's an example that happens all the time. Now with customer service and content, there's these moments of vulnerability that happen all the time that, um, for example, uh, when a boss goes in and says, hey, why do we see our competitor all over the place, but we're not getting publishing content anywhere? That happens all the time in my industry where a competitor is showing up consistently more than someone else. And in that moment, you go, oh, my gosh, who do I like? I have this moment of vulnerability. Now, if I am there for them in that moment, I say, hey, here's some content. Here's some stuff that we have. And, and they're searching online and they're seeing stuff that Influence and Code developed to help them with that moment. They're going to immediately be like, wow, I trust this company. And then that's where our, some of our best leads come from. And they come to us because they, we help them at the right time with content where it could be two months later. They're like, finally, I have the budget to do this. I'm going to influence and co. So, and so an excellent example. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. I will tell you, uh, and I talk about this all the time. The best companies in the world are really not over the top better than everyone else. They're just a tiny bit better than everyone else. They're a little bit better than average all of the time. And that's the key, the all of the time. But here's the key, here's the other thing. Any company, and this makes it easier at, at one point, any company can, you know, see a customer's moment of vulnerability and jump in and save the day. The key is after they've saved the day, what happens at that point? Are they able to maintain the above average experience? And again, I tell companies and clients all the time and everybody listening is probably rolling their eyes. They've probably heard me say this a hundred times. A little bit better than average just means that. You don't have to be over the top. Blow me away. Wow. Where you do need to get the opportunity to be over the top is in these moments of vulnerability. So I emphasize that you know, I still believe maybe it's the combination of the two that makes the strongest strategy. There's a yep. way to keep content flowing out there on an ongoing basis so there is some sense of name recognition. As soon as a customer has a pain point or mo- moment of vulnerability and they call you, you get to step up. And uh, that may be the, the key. Again, are you good enough to keep the business that's the second part of the question, and I and that's not what this segment's about today and this episode is about, but I think everybody gets the message. You know what? This is a great way of getting people through the door. Now we've got them. Let's keep them. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and I think that for what my company and like what we see a lot is that um, developing content can be a way to keep a customer engaged. Over time, um, the example that I like giving is like uh, for tax uh, situations, uh, like th- th- there's different customers that like you want, you need to earn their business and you need to keep it. And, and for tax companies like a tax player or a H&R Block, they only have them at one point of the year, but they need to engage them across the whole year um, because they want them to come back to them and keep earning that business. So they come back to them and, and another special from the competitor doesn't rise up. And so what I would say for for content specifically in customer service, it's an excellent way to keep a customer engaged by getting them content that you know is valuable to them in between those, you know, moments. Um, And it can can not only help them be more educated to be a better customer, but also uh, keep them connected to the brand that you actually care about them past just only connecting with them when you're selling to them. Yeah, I think that's if all you do is stay connected when it's time for them to buy – um, I did some work with the uh, military and the recruiting offices, and we talked about when the best time to start the recruitment process for not, I'm sorry, not the, the renewal process where you ask them to re-up. 
Um, and uh, boy, I got some some a wide variety of answers. But somebody said, you start working on the renewal the day they signed up to start, and uh, you don't wait until a week before. You, you know, uh, we, somebody you know once said, uh, you know, they were asked, when's the best time to to plant the seeds for an oak tree, and the answer was a hundred years ago, or today. You know, whichever comes first, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it is good. So let's, let's wrap this up with the one thing. Uh, I always like to know, what's the one thing you want to make sure we leave with or you can emphasize something or you can give us some little nugget that's new for us to think about? But what's the one thing you want to leave us with, John? Well, I'm, I'm, like, I'm big on takeaways and challenges. And so, I mean, I would say that um, the first challenge is about trust, like doing something that you can do. Um, to build trust, whether it be helping, whether, uh, you know, someone else uh, call, developing a piece of content that's valuable. And then the second part of it is about short-term to long-term memory. So I want you to, to do something to do something that you know helps and builds trust um, that you might do sporadically or not often and challenge yourself to do it more consistently. And so what I did was the other day, I just put in my calendar, I said, hey, um, I know that with this uh, reaching out to different like YPO or EO groups and offering them um, pieces of content or doing different things, it's, it's helped those groups out. And I've got a lot of feedback that's like, oh, hey, my group really liked this. And so every week I, I send a new organ, uh, entrepreneurial group a either something that is an, an article with a note that says, oh, hey, here, I think this will be valuable, um, or just in a, a simple way, just something that that's, it, I, I know it's valuable to some of those organizational or entrepreneurial groups. And so I'm just doing it consistently. Before I did it sporadically, now I'm doing making sure that once a week I do it, and I'm doing it till the end of the year. And so the next thing is that what's something that you do that um, you know you know is, is valuable um, you know to people and, and and that you wish you did more. And I want to challenge you now to do it um, consistently. And uh, so that's the, yep. that's the two things, uh, the challenges that I want to leave you with. All right, and you just gave me a huge takeaway, and I'm going to tell you what it is. By the way, you mentioned EO and YPO. For those that don't know, EO is Entrepreneur's Organization. YPO is Young President's Organization. Two amazing organizations that have entrepreneurs and presidents of companies of a certain size. Uh, They get together ongoing. They have chapters around the world and have educational programs with people like you, John, and me too, as as a matter of fact, every once in a while, come out and speak and be a resource. Here's a huge takeaway. You just, you know, people think content marketing. This, by the way, is me. I put content out there. I write multiple articles every single week. But you just gave everybody the idea, and it might have sailed right over everyone's head. You don't have to write the content. You just look for good content that's relevant to your audience. Make a copy of it. Buy copies of it. Pull it out, you know, tear it out of the newspaper, write a little note. Was thinking about you when I saw this, and now you are in the content marketing business. Sure. Absolutely. It, it I mean, works. It, it, it's now, it's sharing something valuable to an audience. And content marketing is about engaging an audience with content um, to offer value uh, to basically build trust so that they want to buy from you and want to be connected to your brand. And so uh, I think that you nailed it is that. You know, maybe since I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I don't want to be overly promotional, but with our, I mean, with the with my company, I see it all the time that when you are creating content, either from you, like Chef just said, I mean, he does a great job uh, doing that. In addition to sharing content from other people, like a chef or a you know John Rulin or a Jay Bear or one of the other kind of experts out there, 
um, just think about that and say, hey, um, you know, what am I doing to get the right information to these people that I want them to trust me? And whether it's my own or content I'm sharing, let me just, let's say once a week, or I mean, I think that I would challenge you to do more once a week. If it's sharing content, I think, you know, once a day, you know, if you're doing something on social, it just depends on where, where you're, um, you know, uh, communicating with them. But challenge yourself in some way to either create a piece or share a piece of content um, and, a certain, and at a certain time each week or each month or each, you know, each quarter. Um, and that would be a great challenge since, you know, we're talking about content and, and I gave you the two challenges. Let's start with that. All right. Now, 30 seconds left. You mentioned you're going to tell us how to get in touch with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm I tr- I'm not. I always tell people I'm not too cool for school to say that I I can't get the email. I'm still pretty efficient with email, so you can email me at john j o h n at influenceandco.com, uh, or uh, my Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter. Uh, it's at john hall, um, or you know, connect on LinkedIn. Uh, or I would say a great place is my company blog. We we put out a lot of good content about it's this. It's great content. So, so yeah, engage on that. It's uh, just type in influence and co blog. Sign up for it, and we, we try to we, we practice what we preach, and we want to be engaging and helpful. And if we're not, let us know how we can be helpful, and we'll make sure we do the content triggers, and we'll listen to you, and we'll get content about that that'd be helpful to you. All right, and one final thing: you mentioned a book, Top of Mind. Where can we get that? Uh, it's in Barnes and Nobles. You can the easiest way is just go to Amazon. They actually just it's been going over really well there, and so. Um, you can go there, uh, just type in Top of Mind book um, on Amazon, or I actually have the book site, topofmindbook.com, um, or like I said, Am- or, uh, Barnes & Nobles or bookstores. It's kind of all over the place right now, but um, Amazon's probably the easiest. Perfect. All right, John, this is why we call it Amazing Business Radio, because this is amazing, a ton of information. So thanks for being on the show. Everybody, thanks for listening. Until next week, we have another great episode. Always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.